hello, all of you wonderful listeners out there in Radioland. This is the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer, coming to you once again live from Ukiah. Super excited to be here, and I have a very fun guest for you today, for all of us today. And I also have the door open in the studio here because it's lovely outside, and I am just so grateful for the sunshine, as I'm sure many of you are, and I'm sure my daughter May is as well, because recess isn't nearly as fun in the rain. All right, let's get started. My guest today is Randy Cragg. Randy and his wife, Erica Lundquist, own and operate Round River Farm, which is a 27-acre organic walnut orchard in Witter Springs, Lake County. Welcome, Randy. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I'm very happy to do it. You know, sunny days make me think of um, orchards and just being outside. And so I think this is a great day, great day to talk. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about your own background, your history in farming and how you came to be a walnut farmer in Lake County? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am from Southern California, grew up in the, the suburbs of LA. Uh, I knew from an early age that I, I didn't really have a place in the LA suburbs and I really wanted out. Uh, I went to college at Cal Poly Pomona. And uh, when the time was right, uh, I came up to Northern California. First I went to UC Davis and got a graduate degree in plant protection and pest management. That's a good place uh, to do it. In integrated pest management. But more importantly, that's where I met my wife, Erica. And uh, when we both finally graduated, uh, we gravitated towards the North Coast. Uh, we just we, we came first to Mendocino County in uh, 1997, and uh, we knew we wanted to find farmland. We looked, and and I guess it sounds laughable now, but it it seemed like everything was impossible to touch in Mendocino County. But uh, just widening our our scope a little bit, we found this just beautiful property. Uh, in uh, the on the north side of of Clear Lake, up in a little mountain valley here called Witter Springs, and uh, just a gorgeous place. Um, we kind of bit off more than we could chew. It seemed like at the time, <laughs> standard uh, in farming. But there, there, uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, it had a walnut orchard on it, so we we weren't looking for a walnut orchard, but lucky lucky us, we found this property, and it had. An established and producing orchard, and they had a a contract with uh, Diamond to California, and we could take it over and keep farming the walnuts. And uh, you know, it seemed like it was in the stars. So that's how we became walnut farmers. We've been here. Uh, this is our twenty fifth year now on this property. Um, I was, uh, you know, busy with you know all the things of young family and uh, you know my working years. Uh, I worked in in vineyard management, uh, and and did that uh, until 2017, and then in 2017, uh, decided we'd give it a go to see if we couldn't make uh, this farm and the walnut business uh, more of uh, its its own its own thing. It needed it needed a lot more attention. So that's what I've been doing now for the last five six years. Oh, cool. Well, I want to talk to you more about your experience, but first, can you give me 
just a little background on the history of walnuts in California in general. And is Lake County sort of like a walnut haven or is it are there not that many walnuts in Lake County? I admittedly don't know very much about walnuts. Well, I can tell you, uh, you know, kind of from my own experience, uh, this farm that that we are on was a dairy farm, you know, through, uh, I want to say, the 30s and 40s and 50s. Uh, The family that we bought it from, uh, they operated the dairy here um, in the 1950s, but uh, you know, it was declining dairy in, in the North Coast was declining even in the 1950s. And so uh, they planted uh, this walnut orchard, 27 acres in, you know, variously 1958 to 1960. Um, so at the time, you know, really Southern California was the center of of walnut industry in California. And it was you know, nothing compared to what it is now. You know, it might have been a tenth of the size. Um, and how many, do you know roughly how many acres of walnuts are planted in California currently? Uh, I, you know what? I, I, I knew that the other day. I don't want to hazard the guess right now. I, I might get it wrong. But, you know, it's in the hundreds of thousands of acres, and it's mostly in the Sacramento Valley and the San Joaquin Valley. There's there's some, you know, on the central coast, uh, San Luis Obispo and and north of there. But yeah, by by far, the Sacramento Valley, the river bottom land, Butte County, and you know along the Sacramento and Feather Rivers, you know that's really where walnut trees thrive, and and that's really where the the center of the industry is now. Um, the trees, however. Um, you know, walnuts are native to Iran. Iran. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Central Asia. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I could tell you the, <laughs> the origin story, the Greek mythology, but uh, that's maybe for another day. Uh, you know, they're, they're big in Greece. Uh, uh, Dionysius and, and Apollo and all of them, boy, they had something to do. There was a cult called the uh, Artemis Caryatis. Uh, so the god, the Greek goddess Artemis, uh, incorporated uh, Caria, who was cast into a walnut tree, you know, turned into a walnut as a spiteful thing by uh, Dionysius. Uh, but the Greeks, the Greeks made a cult of of Artemis and the walnut tree. Uh, long ago it's big in i mean you know walnuts sure i mean now that i think about it i guess it it makes sense you know baklava is primarily walnuts so i guess if i'd put my my thinking cap on i could have maybe gotten there but i mean the whole mediterranean uh and and so really uh the varieties the the planting stock that came to california really comes from the southern medit uh southern europe mediterranean um italy and and france uh but the varieties that came to be known as California varieties were really all selected here, kind of like, you know, the Johnny Appleseed model. There was a number of, of seedling orchards and enterprising farmers would select the best uh, varieties out of those seedling varieties and, and promote them and uh, that they became uh, Franquette and Hartley and Vina and, you know, the, the, number of varieties that have come to be grown in california since then and what variety do you grow 
uh, our orchard is Hartley. Hartley. And, and Hartley. Hartley. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, it's kind of a coincidence. The shape of the nut is kind of like a little heart. Aww. But but uh, <laughs> its its name actually comes from the individual that selected it. And it was selected uh, pretty close to here uh, on on a farm that is now uh, St. Helena Hospital, you know, in St. Helena in the Napa Valley. Uh, so it was it was adapted to that location and selected there. Uh, it went on to become the number one planted variety in all of California by, you know, the 1960s or so. It's a, a large nut. It tastes good. Uh, it has a relatively thin shell. It's easy to crack. And, you know, back in the day, uh, people would buy walnuts, uh, surprise, surprise, with a shell on it. Uh, yeah, and crack them. And, and, and crack them. And, and the industry was never oriented toward a shelled walnut, a, a mechanically processed nut put into a bag. It just wasn't oriented that way. My, my grandmother uh, had a walnut tree in her backyard and she would, I'm sure, could not understand that, that you would you would buy walnuts in a grocery store that have already been shelled. Really? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that's, I mean... <laughs> It's a lot of work. Well, you know, I say that, you know, tongue in cheek, you know, sort of the the model of of whole foods selling peeled oranges in a plastic clamshell. Uh, they floated that idea and it fell pretty flat. So, well, that's yeah, gone I, a little over. That's that's beyond the pale. Well, you know, I asked my grandmother, probably shelled walnuts are beyond the pale to her. Um, well, it, it turns out that, that Hartley doesn't really shell in the mechanical crackers very efficiently. It doesn't come up with the big, beautiful halves that maybe people are used to by now. Um, it, it produces a lot of pieces and large pieces. Uh, and so the industry, uh, as you know, the 1970s, the 1980s, uh, wanted uh, to shell all of their walnuts, uh, they found varieties that that would work in the mechanical shelling process a little more efficiently. And uh, you know, over the last thirty years or so, uh, that majority of Hartley has just completely gone away. Hartley is now uh, considered to be out of favor. I, I, I use air quotes. Um, the, the the main variety of walnut now in California is Chandler, and more than half of California is now uh, in production to one variety of walnut, and that's Chandler. Yeah, that's so, the one I'd so, heard of. So, have you? You've heard of it. So you know uh, their marketing is 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 working. People are hearing about it. Um, you know what what we have now we call an heirloom variety. It's and have you stuff. have you ever thought about replacing your heirloom variety, or what's the lifespan of a walnut tree? You know, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, what's the productive life or the commercial life? And and I'm looking more over toward the Sacramento Valley. Um, they would probably consider forty years is is you know a good commercial life of an orchard. And, and after that time, it might be that the trees are just too big around 
for the shaker. I, I know mm. I know uh, farms in the area that have uh, Franquette. Franquette are an even bigger tree than Hartley, and their shaker will no longer fit around the trunk, and so they have a hard time they have a hard time harvesting. Uh, but the tree is still productive. So you know what nature yeah. what nature thinks is a perfectly viable tree. It's it's productive. It's strong. Produces a good quality nut. Uh, you know some some commercial operators might not consider that to be a viable tree anymore. Uh, our orchard is it's it's almost exactly as old as I am. So uh, 1960. Uh, so it's still going strong. Oh, you have not. a you have a nice old or- orchard. Yeah, and and it's it's sh- you know it's got creaky knees and uh, <laughs> you know sore sore back and uh, but but it keeps keeps delivering. It's it's uh, I I if if you're uh, fond of uh, Shell Silverstein's The Giving Tree, I I refer to my trees as the Giving Trees. They Aww. just keep on just keep on giving. So. If you're not using then sort of more commercial um, shakers, for instance, it sounds like maybe your trees are too big for shakers. What is your process? Or maybe you can just walk us through, you know, a year in the life of a walnut orchard and a walnut farmer. Sure, sure. First, you have to wait for the flood water to go down. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Not every year, but certainly this year. And then you have to pick up all the broken limbs that the snowstorm brought down uh, since it it hasn't... uh, snowed like that in what what do they say here 40 years uh yeah brought down a bunch of dead wood uh uh so we'll we'll do a cleanup and clean all those broken limbs out of there uh when it's dry enough uh just get out and start mowing it um we we will uh apply uh some copper a copper spray for the control it's called uh walnut blight Mm-hmm. And walnut blight is a bacterial blight, and especially when springtime is wet. Uh, and I'm anticipating we're just going to have rain through uh, bud break and the early growth of the trees and when they bloom. And uh, this bacteria will attack the flowers, and it'll it'll just kill the flower very early in the season, and, and we'll have no crop. So we apply some copper uh, in, in wet years. In dry years, uh, I, I skip it altogether. Um, the tree will will grow uh, vigorously through the spring. It'll produce a lot of pollen and it'll make you miserable with uh, hay fever in, <laughs> in April and May. Uh, and then, you know, by June, things are drying out. We've, we've kind of get ahead of the grass growth and uh, we mow it down uh, and try to keep the grass growth uh, down under control so it won't compete for nutrient and and water. Uh, the trees were uh, dry farmed. You know, I mean, I say dry farmed, unirrigated. Really, they were naturally irrigated. We have a, a fairly shallow water table and, and these mature trees, I mean, their roots go down, their roots go down 12, 14 feet through this really deep loamy soil that we have and they they get a bunch of water but you know when uh, july comes and and it's i mean we all know it's hot here in the summertime uh the trees want a little a little bit of of supplementary water to uh, to help them keep cool don't we all so so, uh you know actually you know it was only when i really came here and started full time we put a new pump into our pond and uh we start irrigating 
at the end of July, and we irrigate July and August, just as for a short period. And that's enough to really get, get the trees over the, the hottest part of the year. Um, we mow it again, get, get the orchard ready for uh, harvest. Uh, did I say we put some chicken manure uh, out there, some compost in the springtime? Yum. Um, and uh, feed the trees. Uh, that, that nutrient finds its way down into the soil with the irrigation water in, June, in July and August. Then we, uh, we harvest uh, in, in October. Um, I deliver those nuts then to another uh, operation nearby that has the equipment to do, we call it hulling and drying. So, you know, a walnut is in a thick, uh, thick fleshy hull, and mostly they all come out of the hull, but, you know, some number of them are still kind of locked in this, this hull, uh, and their machinery will clean them up, uh, wash them, and put them into a, a drying bin, and with propane, uh, they'll they'll dry them out and put them back in my my wooden bins. They're uh, four foot tall wooden bins. They'll hold about a thousand pounds of walnuts each bin, and then return them to me. And then it's it's mine to dispose of, either uh, sell to another handler, which we always did for years and years. Uh, but as uh, we found that the industry, like I said, uh, our walnuts are out of favor. Mm. So uh, I've been delivering them to a processor over in the Sacramento Valley, who uh, we put them into cold storage uh, for a month. That's a, we call that a phytosanitary step. Uh, they are at 20 below zero or something like that for a month. It's not really necessary with our walnuts because we don't have uh, the pests that burrow their way down into the nut like they do over in the Sacramento Valley. It's just mm. a, it's just a fact of, you know, our isolation. Uh, something about the climate here. We don't get we don't get the moth pests, the coddling moth and the navel orange worm, like they do over in the valley. Well, that's uh, certainly beneficial, especially as an org organic orchard, which we're going to talk about. And you don't have you know, all those sort of insecticide tools in your tool belt. Not that anyone wants to use those, but yeah, that's sometimes right. you mean, have uh, to use things like that if you want to save your crop and your trees in some instances. Well, there are actually some organic tools that a Sacramento Valley grower can use to, to control. Uh, uh, they call it uh, mating disruption. It's a pheromone. It's the male confusion mating disruption and by putting a pheromone saturating the organ the orchard with a uh sex pheromone then the males can't find the females oh well that's and a very clever way to so they discourage can them protected that way uh there, there's a lot of uh interesting and innovative ways that have been developed over the years uh so there are methods but we don't even employ that because we just don't get those so it's it's an expensive step for me, but the processors demand it because they kind of don't recognize that Lake County is is not the same as the Sacramento Valley. So I pay a bunch of money. It takes an extra 30 days. And then finally, they'll get delivered to a processor for shelling and packing. <clears throat> and then, you know, I finally uh, this year, I finally just got them back about two weeks ago. Oh, and wow. And so, yeah, harvesting in October, it's it's kind of tough 
then to get them to market in a timely way. And we've we've missed the the holiday market, uh, and 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 that that's hard for us. So we're really working on a way to get a better control of how we can we can process our own walnuts and and get them to market a lot faster. Well, and what is a typical crop size for your twenty seven acre walnut orchard? You know, uh, I used to say it was twenty to thirty thousand pounds, and that's you know half a truckload. Um, but when I started farming full time, when we started irrigating, those old trees just really came to life again, mm. and uh, we had three truckloads. Oh my one goodness! Of those years. Two truckloads. They were so <clears> grateful <throat> for that irrigation and love. Yeah, they really responded. Um, so, you know, uh, we've had a couple of natural disasters recently. Last year, I had 12 bins, 12 bins of walnuts, 12,000 pounds. And, and of course, once you shell them down, they're only about 35% uh, kernel weight. Right. So, so 12,000 pounds gets down to about 4,000, 4,500 pounds of packed, boxed walnuts. So that's what we got this year, and I'm I'm really hoping the trees are going to respond again. Uh, I, like I say, the giving trees. You know what happened uh, in in uh, 2020? I mean, I mean, forget about pandemic. That was bad enough. And then we had a, a killing freeze in November. I remember. Um, I remember that. Okay, uh, so you know, drought. It's it's 85 degrees uh, all the way through October. The trees, the trees don't have any signal that it's autumn and that they should maybe think about getting ready for winter. And then just one night, it was 17 or 18 or 19 degrees, and it killed all of the tops of these old trees, you know, uh, wood, you know, four inches in diameter. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. It, it was. That was that was a real, that was heartbreaking. Uh, and And... Anyway, at great expense then. So we've had the trees all pruned. Because then you have to, not only have you lost that wood and that crop, but now you have to put all the time into pruning that dead wood off. Yeah, the expense and and uh, logistical nightmare. I mean, uh, I, I estimated that we left 20 tons per acre of woody biomass down on the orchard floor. And then we had to dispose of that. Wow! Um, did you so I hired, did you burn it or? No, I didn't burn it. Uh, I, I I might have, uh, and 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 that's probably the economical way. And my neighbors that saw this probably shook their head. But I hired an operator out of uh, the Sacramento Valley that brought a very large and powerful self-propelled shredder. Oh, and if you can imagine. Okay. If you can imagine a 12-foot-tall, self-propelled, track-laying monster that will grind up five- and six-inch walnut uh, limbs, they were stacked. We had to stack them. That was another huge expense. We had to stack them in a windrow in a way that the machine could drive down the row and grind them all up. Wow. Well, thank you uh, for not releasing that carbon into the atmosphere. That's that's what we did. So yeah, it's going into the soil. It's feeding the mushrooms, and uh, it, it it looks great out there. I'm I'm, you know, after all the woes of of the money and 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 whatnot, 
uh, at least the trees really grew last summer. Uh, dark green, thick foliage, and we had some of the very best quality of walnuts I've ever seen came out of our orchard uh, last fall, even though we didn't have very much. They were they were huge, light colored, and and just just delicious. It, it, you know, again, big giving trees, amazing. So what you're saying is the walnuts coming to market right now are from some of the best crop you've ever harvested. Yep. Yep. Nice. Hey, yep. And 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 because uh, I I will say the entire industry in California is really on the ropes right now. Pandemic was was really terrible to the tree nut growers, all the almond growers, pistachios, walnuts. And as a result, uh, inventories really backed up on all of those nuts. So unfortunately, what you will probably find at the, the typical corporate grocery store are two-year-old walnuts and two-year-old almonds. Um, they're, they're trying to unload uh, a two-year, three-year backlog uh, probably the very best stuff gets exported. You know, the Japanese—they're not about to—they're not about to buy a two-year-old walnut. Uh, so all the fresh stuff goes there, and for some reason, the industry thinks that the Americans will will gobble up the old inventory. Well, it our listeners don't have to gobble up the old inventory. We're going to tell them how. But first, <laughs> I'd like okay. to reintroduce you. For those of you who have joined us recently, this is the Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm talking today with Randy Cragg. Randy and his wife, Erica, own and operate Round River Farm, which is a 27-acre organic walnut orchard in Witter Springs, Lake County. I am going to open up the phone lines for questions. Randy and I will keep talking if no one calls in. But if you have a burning walnut question, give us a call, 707 895 2448. Okay, so Randy, you are just getting your walnuts back now. And I know for a fact that you sell some of them locally. Where can people find your walnuts? Aha, aha. Uh, at Ukiah Natural Foods, the co-op in Ukiah. Love it. And, and at Mariposa Market. You can find them in the bulk bins. And you also work with the Mendo Lake Food Hub. Is that right? Yes, and and very shortly, I'm I'm working on that with Alex. Uh, very shortly, we're going to have uh, a six pound box Ooh. that will be available through the Mental Lake Food Hub. Yum. Okay, we have a call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hi, guys. Hey, uh, I thought everybody might want to know that all of the walnut trees are graft onto black walnut root, and walnuts don't even grow into a tree unless you graft them onto a black walnut root. So let people know that. Maybe you can elaborate on that. Uh, okay, great. We'll yeah, have Randy yeah. talk about that uh, offline. Thanks for the call. Okay. Uh, this is this is very true. Um, it, you know, the walnuts come uh, from uh, outside of North America. They are adapted and, you know, evolved in their place to be resistant to uh, the the you know, insults of nature to the the fungus and the bacteria and nematodes that might exist in, in their native uh, territory. When you remove them from that and try to grow them somewhere else, well, it's it's a whole different environment and they, they don't thrive well on their own root. Now, you could actually plant a, a walnut and, and it would grow, but it wouldn't 
be a vigorous tree and it might not have a very long life. So commercially, we found uh, a native tree, the Northern California black walnut, and uh, that that evolved here in Northern California. Uh, so when we graft uh, the Persian walnut, uh, Juglans regia, when you graft that onto Northern California black walnut, Juglans heinzii, uh, they're compatible uh, and uh, you have a, a root that's vigorous and an invigorating of the scion and the scion then grows to produce uh, the same type of fruit that was known in the old world. And, and this is a common a common thing, you know, uh, apples and uh, almonds, uh, grapes are, are all done this way. Interesting. Hey, guess what? We have another call. Hello. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Yeah, I just wanted to share a memory. Um, I grew up in the San Jose area in the area called Willow Glen, and it was a subdivision. Not really a subdivision, but an area that was built in the 20s and 30s. And the, the guys that built it planted walnut trees all along both sides of the streets. And so every fall, you know, Thanksgiving kind of, we'd go out and people would be raking and burning their leaves, and we'd just gather these walnuts and come home and sit by the fire and crack those babies. And it was really a lot of fun. So that's, that's it. Sounds like a lovely memory. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Bye. And everybody had walnuts. So so if you had a small orchard, you couldn't you couldn't sell them in, in that neighborhood. Uh, everybody right. had a tree. It's like zucchini for the backyard yeah, farmer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Funny story while we're talking about walnut memories, when my husband and I were first dating I don't know where he got these walnuts, but he's from Potter Valley, so I imagine some obliging tree out there. He came home with this enormous bag of walnuts and cracked them over months and months. And one day I decided to surprise him with some walnut brownies and he got home and he wasn't that excited about them. And I was like, what's up? And he said, well, I don't really like walnuts. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what have you been doing cracking these walnuts for the past two months? And he just kind of, you know, because they were there. So... I, I find that the neighbors uh, that grew up here, I, you know, I didn't grow up. Uh, actually, it turns out uh, I, I, I did. I was born in a suburban house where the walnut grove was cut down. My older brothers told me about having walnut fights, uh, you know, out behind the house in a lot that <laughs> hadn't been developed yet. Uh, but but I didn't grow up, uh, you know, uh, having to lug around walnut sacks in a, in the rain in in the end of October. And and neighbors all have their stories about it. And during harvest, I will hear uh, stories every now and then about how much they hate walnuts. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> hey, we uh, you're popular. We have another call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hi, I uh, I live on uh, Walnut. Street in Ukiah, and you on Walnut uh, Street in Ukiah, sure. About Walnut Avenue in Ukiah, and I got uh, of the two in a bit tree three trees uh, we share in the neighborhood. I got nine gallons of nice walnuts. Lovely, out, and a lot of them are halves. If you do, uh-huh. you know, if you slam the hammer down right, you get a half. And I've okay. been doing it every year. Anyway, you've been doing that so for a while. If if you know exactly <laughs> yeah, where yeah. to strike it, I, I know you've got some experience at it. 
Right. I've been doing it every year since I've lived here on this street. And it's really neat. It's really neat sharing them. I just do it. Keeps me uh, from getting in trouble, and I just give them away, the ones I can't use. I love it. So, I love it. <laughs> just wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. You know, I, I just I just read yesterday uh, an obituary of Peter Molinari, uh, a grape grower, uh, 98 years old, a grape grower from the Napa Valley. And uh, the story in the obituary was of the farm that he grew up on in St. Helena and his memories of the, the cherries, the peaches, uh, persimmons, and walnuts. And, and yeah, walnuts uh, were grown widely. I mean, uh, yeah, they're striking a real nostalgic nerve. <laughs> well, you know, this, uh, we, we paved over, you know, like I say, I, I grew up, or grew up, I was born in a, in a subdivision in Southern California that had been carved out of a walnut grove. Uh, that was, that's what we've done with them in California yep. is we've, we've built houses on top of the walnut groves. Yep. Hey, we have so another call, Randy. Uh-huh. You're blowing up. Hi, caller. You're live in the air. Are you still there? Yeah. I have kind of an odd question. Um, is there any such thing of, uh, you know, you've got your black walnut sturdy rootstock and you're grafting on some English walnut. Would there be, do they take every, all the uh, upper body of the black walnut tree off or would, would there ever be any such thing as having some black walnuts and some English walnuts growing on the same tree? Oh, good question. Yes, I'll the short that. answer. Okay, thanks. You, they, they will both uh, thrive and produce uh, uh, fruit-bearing wood. Uh, it's, it's not uh, advisable, especially huh, times change. There is I, I'm gonna not I'm not going to get the name of it, but there is a beetle insect that attacks uh, black walnut. And it especially will attack uh, two-year-old suckers. So if, if you have an old walnut tree and you have some big black walnut suckers that grow out of it, when those suckers are two years old, the diameter is just right. And this beetle will attack it, lay its eggs into it, and with its mandibles, it will infect that tree with a fungus that it carries so that the fungus will grow. And when the eggs hatch, the beetle larvae will eat the fungus and thrive at the expense of the tree. That and sounds like something to avoid if possible. It's, it's here. It's a fact of life. And so I do my diligence on the old trees that we've got on the property. We try to cut all the black walnut suckers off of those trees uh, to reduce its susceptibility to this Smart. insect. Man, Randy, I haven't gotten this many calls, I think, ever. Let's take <laughs> let's take another one. Hi, caller, you're live on the air. Yeah, I just caught the uh, end of the black walnut discussion, but I had a very old black walnut, beautiful tree, but it uh, the nuts were just not worth it. They were mealy, and so maybe that was the fungus you were talking about. But we got rid of it for another reason, because the leaves are toxic to horses. Oh. So, uh, 
that was unfortunate. We have an English walnut that's grafted onto a black walnut stock, and that's in the pasture, and that is not toxic to the horses. So we get we get walnuts off of that. And as a uh, and a side note, what I found to be best for cracking walnuts is you take a big old box end wrench, about a inch, inch and a quarter, and you can capture the walnut with that and smack it right there on the end, and that cracks them into quarters and halves. So, <laughs> Anyways, great show. Thank you very cool. much. Yeah, that, that mealy, that old walnut, that was a beautiful tree, but we had to cut it down for that reason. Thanks for yeah, the Yeah, they, they don't last forever, unfortunately. I've got two two very old trees. Now, I, I want to uh, – we have a variety in Lake County. It's called Poe, P-O-E, like Edgar Allen, but I, I don't think there's any relationship there. Uh, but that was an early variety that was grown in our county, um, maybe starting in, in the 19 teens, uh, this fellow, his name was Poe and he went around the county, uh, grafting, uh, way up high, you know, 20 feet up into the tree. He would graft in, uh, his, his Poe variety into a black walnut tree. And I suppose by then the, the, the black walnut was probably 20 years old. A neighbor told me a story that apparently what the fellow did was he he took boards and with square nails, he pounded a ladder, nailed a ladder to the tree, and so he could climb up the tree 17 feet up and, and put the graft up there because when he cut the tree down a number of years ago and sent it to a mill, uh, the mill operator was really unhappy with him for all those nails that were down in the center of that tree. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Whoops. Hey, we have more calls. Hi, caller. You are live on the air. Hello. Uh, I'm enjoying the program on walnuts. I, uh, I'm i up in Covalow and uh, worked with uh, Alan Chadwick, uh, who brought uh, biodynamics to Mendocino County. Sure. And uh, Alan, uh, I remember him saying that it takes 40 years to get your first crop. <laughs> of walnut, you know, the first decent crop. I planted a Carpathian walnut uh, that I got from Dan Krebens, and, and uh, yeah, it was 35 years before I got a really good crop of walnuts off of that tree. Uh, but I teach wood shopping, and, and uh, in the fall with my students, we make lug boxes, and uh, once the boxes are finished, you know, we either fill them with pears, apples, or walnuts are particularly fun for the kids because I bring a lug of walnuts to school and and uh, they make wooden mallets. Uh, that's one of their first projects. And they have a lot of fun with their wooden mallets cracking walnuts and, and eating them <laughs> in the wood shop class. It's just delightful. I love the walnut. The wood is uh, one of the finest cabinet woods in the world. I don't think you can uh surpass the quality of the wood especially in the black walnut but even the english uh, walnut is nice uh wood to work with anyway cool. that's my story thank, thank you, you very thanks much for the call for the for the project or the program our pleasure that's that's a great image of of the school kids with wooden mallets and walls absolutely <laughs> i i would love to see that uh <laughs> I, I will say about the quality of the wood. Now, now this is Northern California black walnuts, Juglans Heinzii. Uh, it's a different species from uh, black walnut 
that a lot of people might be familiar with, uh, Juglans nigra, which comes from, you know, the Mid-South, Tennessee, uh, and, and the, the Appalachians. Uh, it's, a, it's a forest tree there. But the California black walnut is an orchard tree. And because it's grafted, there, there is always some measure of what we call incompatibility. Uh, the two are not 100% compatible. And the fact that there is this other species grafted onto it, it causes uh, a different kind of a growth in the black walnut. And not only that, but uh, the suckers that might uh, be encouraged to grow on the black walnut, like I said, we, we cut those off every year. As a farmer, you go out in the springtime, you have to sucker all those uh, trunks at, at some time and expense. And as a result, the wood uh, develops a pattern to it that you'll never find in a forest tree. So these old walnut trees are of just tremendous value. They, they, they make just some of the most beautiful wood that you'll ever find. And they're going away. Uh, you know, in, in San Joaquin County, uh, you know, the old orchards out to the east side of the San Joaquin Valley there, um, they're mostly all gone. And there's only a few here and there. Well, that is, you know, certainly sad to hear. And I guess time marches on, right? Well, you know, uh, it's it's finding its way into some beautiful, beautiful projects as these trees, you know, reach the end of their life. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's it's good to get use out of them. All right, let's keep taking calls. Hi, caller, you're live on the air. Thanks for waiting. Hi. Well, on the subject of Central Asian walnuts, um, that was used as a dye for carpets and um, throughout Turkey and most of Central Asia. And black walnut makes a dye that is a wonderful brown and will get darker with age. So um, anybody who's interested in natural dyes, go looking for black walnut hulls. They are invaluable. Cool. Interesting. Thanks for the tip. As, as in dyeing fabric, wool, yeah. and cotton? It's that, uh -huh. Sorry, she, uh, we hung up, but I think that was what she meant, dyeing fabric. Uh-huh. So, cool. Well, Randy, we have about 10 minutes left to talk. I think the phone is, oh, it's, there it is again. You want, should we, <laughs> should we keep taking these calls? Sure, sure. Okay. Hi, caller. You are live on the air. Hello. Hello. I have a joke to tell about walnuts. You have a joke uh, to tell about walnuts? Yes. Okay. What food absolutely loves construction? What food? A walnut. <laughs> Thanks for the show. <laughs> I like it. Hi, caller. You are live on the air. Hi. Uh, my question was about the future of the orchard and what is the life expectancy of a uh, walnut orchard? Good question. Thanks. Yeah, that's 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 pretty high up on my priority list right now. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, that freeze that happened in November of, of 20, we decided that about 300 of the trees were so badly damaged that they're probably beyond rehabilitation and we want to take them out. 
there is a, a practice called whole orchard recycling. Um, and there was a, a grant opportunity through uh, California Food and Agriculture, the Healthy Soils Program. Uh, there is a practice that uh, they would fund, uh, you know, a cost share to grind up the trees completely, spread the chips out over what used to be the orchard, and then uh, incorporate them into the soil. Um, and we applied for that grant. We got it. And that's what I want to do. But um, it's going to leave us. It's a cost share. And and with all our other woes right now, I haven't, haven't told uh, Healthy Soils, but I, I think we're going to have to decline their mm. grant because it's just going to put us on the hook for a whole bunch of money that we just don't have right now. Um, that's what I'd like to do with it. You know, the operator that will do this for us, uh, they have a, it's a, it's called a horizontal grinder. Um, it's a big piece of equipment they would bring up from the Sacramento Valley. You know, it's a permit load on the highway. Um, they would have a very large excavator would undercut the trees pick up one or two trees at a time and drop them into this grinder and it will shake the windows on every house, you know, within a mile. Yeah. That and sounds like a serious piece of equipment. It, it, it is. It is. And it'll turn an orchard into mountains or windrows of chips in a couple of days. But the trouble is these operators are so big, they're outfitted for, you know, a Sacramento Valley size orchard, you know, 120 acres or something where they can, they can set up and work for three weeks and, and do a large job. They just don't want to come up here. To uh, Winter Springs highway, for a day of work. <laughs> I, that's right. Highway yeah. 20, you know, for, yeah, for one or two days of work, it's, it's an enormously expensive. And the fact is uh, that, that everybody else in this county their option is is really going to be to burn it. Yeah, and and that's disappointing. I I, I want to make this work, but we got to find a way. Yeah. All right. Let's take this last call for the show. Hi, caller. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Thanks for your patience. Okay. Well, um, I live in Yorkville, and I'm an old retired cabinet maker, and I have a question. Um, many years ago, I bought a bunch of walnuts from a local gentleman who had cut down an orchard of walnut trees in Cloverdale is what I seem to remember. And the part of the tree that was the grass that you were talking about earlier, the grain is real squirrely. You know, it's hard to tell which direction it's going and it's real squirrely. And so he couldn't sell that part and they were relatively short pieces, about four feet. So I bought them. And um, I had my shop cut them into 10-foot squares and, and finish them, and they are currently on my wall in my living room. And they are phenomenal. Every single person that walks in this house comments about the grain on that, on that walnut. So it's, but I, my question is, what is that area called? I've forgotten. It has a name. Oh, great question. Thanks for, thanks for calling. Well, as a walnut farmer, that's the graft union. Um, I don't know if a woodworker would have a different terminology for it. Uh, I recognize, however, that this is this is something that's actually come more into popularity, and and I'm finding 
uh, there are woodworkers out there that are specifically looking for uh, that graft union between the Persian walnut and the black walnut. Uh, one person I talked to makes wedding gifts uh, out of the, you know, the marriage between the two trees. Oh, I and love that. A bowl or uh, a piece of furniture that incorporates that graft union. And uh, that's that's a, a big part of his business. That is so beautiful and sentimental. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, my father-in-law's a woodturner, so I'm going to ask him if uh, he's ever done anything like that. I I am wanting to have some of these available uh, this summer, so uh, I don't know if it's going to be possible. I don't know if we're going to be able to afford it, but uh, I'd like to be able to take out some of the trees at least and, and uh, make some of this stuff available to people that love it and appreciate it. Yeah, just cut it up into big hunks and they can haul it off and dry it at their own houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Randy, this hour has flown by. We have about four minutes left to talk and I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about anything walnut related that we weren't able to cover that you think listeners might find relevant or important. Um, something that is is important to me, um, you know, you've probably all heard about, you know, an almond takes a gallon of water to produce a single nut. Uh, and, and, and people wonder, you know, if this is an appropriate thing to be doing in California. Uh, I guess I want to point out that uh, a walnut tree is indeed a very thirsty, very thirsty creature. Uh, they'll use a lot of water, but nature for the most part here in lake county nature for the most part provides the water that this tree needs um it's been changing you know with climate change a hotter summer the the drought that we've had uh the tree does want some supplemental water but even still um with our deep soil like i say we have a, a very deep class one soil which is really appropriate for walnuts walnuts can't be planted just everywhere well they can if you have you know an unending supply of water and fertilizer but if if you want to be somewhat in harmony with your climate and location they need a very deep soil our soil uh has a shallow water table and so it replenishes with water you know a tree might use say 40 inches of water a year but if nature provides 30 of those inches then we provide another six or eight and the tree produces a, a, a very satisfactory crop with that. But compare that now to, you know, the Tulare County or someplace in, in the San Joaquin Valley that gets eight inches of rain and their evaporative demand is more on the order of 80 inches because it's just hotter. It's a longer season farther from the coast. So they have to apply a great deal more water. So really, uh, this is this is the right place to do it. Lake County is a place where we can do this sustainably. It just breaks my heart that the industry has kind of turned their back on us. Uh, small orchards, old varieties, but super, super quality uh, that we grow here. We've got to find a way to keep keep walnuts growing in a place that they're so adapted to. Yeah, it seems like the takeaway is for consumers out there, if you want the best quality walnut, not two years ago, and you want a local nut that is not putting significant strain on the water table, 
buy Lake County walnuts. There you go. That's no, that's the message I'm taking be, away from this. Couldn't be better said. <laughs> And we can find your walnuts, uh, Round River Farm walnuts, at the Ukiah Natural Foods Co-op, Mariposa Market in Willits, and coming soon to the Mendo Lake Food Hub. Yes. And and in Lake County, I'm, I'm working on some folks. Uh, you know, it's not because it's not because uh, they, they, they don't believe in locally grown food. But you know what? I mean, some of these independent grocery stores, I mean, they're swimming in waters that are inhabited by sharks also. Yep. And they're just doing the best they can. And it must be hard to have, you know, 5,000 items and you can't have one sales guy for every single item you got. But I, I really want to make these nuts available in, in Lake County as well. Well, so I think that's on one of the many beauties of the Mendo Lake Food Hub is it consolidates that it, that relationship for small retailers. That's right. That's right. So this is, as and, and, I've said before, a Mendo Lake Food Hub Stan radio show. We love the Food Hub. Uh, and a shout out to the Food Hub. I mean, you know, uh, John Bailey, when I, you know, first thought, you know, this is crazy. I can't, I can't make a business <laughs> in my walnut orchard. He said, you can sell it through the Food Hub. And that gave me, you know, some of the, the courage to take the step that I did. So I, I, I really owe a, a, a debt of gratitude to the folks at the Food Hub. Oh, I love that. I was one of the original founders of the Food Hub, actually. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't stay long, but I was certainly inspired by it, and I'm thrilled yeah. that it is still thriving. Well, yeah. Randy Craig of Round River Farm, thank you so much for joining me today and for taking all those calls. It was a very enthusiastic uh, participant show, and I love that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and, and really enjoyed the opportunity. Thanks so much, Randy. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Farm and Garden Show. It's been real. Um, I will be back again in two weeks, as always, with a special fifth Thursday edition of the Farm and Garden Show. So stay tuned. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.